It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Record high temperatures on Christmas Day. That'll change, but not too bad. We're going to cool off, but you have to. You can't stay in the 50s in December. It's got to happen, doesn't it? Good morning, uh, as we said. Lots of chores to do this morning. Bob and Jill back in the harness this morning. And you had a good Christmas? I did have a good Christmas. Had the whole family there? I had all my kids there. And some of the grandkids, not quite all of them. But uh, wrap some presents, and it's fun to watch those littles open those presents. Oh, and... they love those presents, that's for sure. Where's the next one, Grandma? Where's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they are pretty patient about it. They at least inspected the present before they went to the next one. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, we had record temperatures. What, we got 53, I think, yesterday that broke the old record. I don't think we'll break any more records now because what we're at now, it's going to be the high temperature for the day cool off as the day goes along. There's some rain out there this morning, so again, be careful. Not everybody's getting rain, but uh, some places, north central, a little heavier than it is other places, gradually ending from south to north. We'll tell you more about that, but uh, again, we've got uh, other news to take a look at this morning, including uh, what's going on at the end of the year, but uh, as far as the markets are concerned, now the markets obviously have been closed over Christmas. And uh, they open at 8.30 this morning. So they did not open overnight. We didn't have an overnight market. And the markets repeat that schedule for New Year's. They will be open on December 29th, closed on New Year's Day. And trading will open at 8.30 in the morning on January 2nd. So if uh, you need to plan accordingly, do that. So we've got uh, lots uh, lots of that stuff to talk about this morning. Plus, what else are we going to talk about today? Well, you didn't tell me about your Christmas. Oh, I had a nice Christmas. My uh, son is home from the Army for a few more days. He's uh, stationed down at Fort Liberty, North Carolina, which was Fort Bragg. And my other son was up from Madison. He went back. had to go back to work this week. And uh, so we had a good Christmas. Lots of uh, lots of friends. We got uh, involved in a couple of different Christmases. But uh, had a beautiful, got a beautiful big eight-pound what did I have? You had a sirloin tip roast. Sirloin tip roast from uh, one of Jill's uh, big steers. And oh boy, I'm telling you what, <laughs> you wouldn't think three or four people could go through eight pounds that fast, but oh, that was good. We had a delicious roast out of Jill's freezer, so it was delicious stuff. What did you have? Well, I had chicken that I raised. And oh. then I stuffed them up, and I make, oh, the best gravy. How many did you make with the crew that you had? You had to make quite a few. You had to, heard, you had to thin the flock a little bit. <laughs> I made two eight-pound birds. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, boy. So stuffed you them up. Oh, they were good. And then the gravy always turns out so good after yes, that. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So making me hungry again. But again, hopefully everybody had a, 
a good Christmas and everybody with the weather got to where they wanted to go. And I don't think New Year's is going to be a problem either. A little cooler, but uh, we've got sunshine out today. We've got uh, clouds early and some rain, breeze, but uh, it'll clear up. We'll tell you more about that. Also, one of the things that I found when I went over to buy, you know, you got to have a little holiday candy around. And boy, that's tempting for a guy that's on a diet. And I did cheat a little bit, I do have to admit. But who can, you know, they wanted to make Christmas cutout cookies. So they made, I don't know, dozens of those things. And you got to, you got to taste test those. So I, I did. But uh, one of the things that I found is candy prices were up because the sugar companies said there's a shortage of sugar. But boy, I'll tell you, the American Sugar Alliance is fighting back about that because they say recently big corporate candy executives have been pushing a false narrative that there's a domestic sugar shortage. That is not the case. Totally false. There is actually a plentiful supply of sugar. Assuring American families there will be a plenty of sugar to make your cookies over the over the holidays. The latest USDA report showed there's plentiful supply of sugar for the holidays and heading into next year. Surplus of more than 3.2 billion pounds of sugar, and it's likely that will exceed 3.4 billion pounds by the end of the marketing year. So again, if you've heard that scenario and someone says, well, sugar prices are high, sugar prices might be high, but again, don't blame the American sugar farmer. We, uh, you know, beat production. The U.S. had an excellent sugar beet harvest this fall up in uh, North Dakota and different places. Beet sugar production expected to exceed 5.36 million tons. That's a new record. And even down in Louisiana, where they had a drought, they're expecting production from last year's record crop of more than 2 million tons to about 1.8 million this year. Texas sugarcane industry... Low water supplies and drought, so they uh, saw a little bit smaller supply. But overall, U.S. sugar production currently estimated 9.243 million tons of sugar, the third largest year of sugar production ever. And I didn't know this. The U.S. is the fifth largest producer of sugar in the world, and there's no sugar production in Hawaii anymore. Sugar cane is gone. So if anybody tries to tell you that there's a shortage of sugar, tell them they're full of it. Full of it. That's right. Full of sugar. Full of sugar. That's for sure. But uh, again, they'll uh, they'll use some of those things. So uh, we'll talk about that. Bear Ag, as uh, we found out, continues to pay a lot of money. An update on the farm bill, and of course, we'll look at the weather. And uh, this morning, Jim Mulhern, who is from Wisconsin originally, and uh, of course went out to Washington D.C. way back when with Senator Herb Cole, when Senator Cole was first elected and then uh, worked his way through the system in various positions, leaving Senator Cole's office to uh, move on, and he eventually ended up at the National Milk Producers Federation and eventually becoming the president and CEO of National Milk. But in a few days, at the end of the year, he's going to be retiring, and our Pam Yonke sat down and talked to Jim. I talked with him at World Dairy Expo a little bit about this, but Pam's got kind of a a year-end farewell for Jim Mulhern, some of the... uh, proudest moments, some of the challenges he still sees in the dairy industry. So again, 
That's coming up. Jim Mulhern, good guy. I think he's from around the Fond du Lac area, if I don't uh, miss my guess too far. But again, Jim Mulhern, always uh, always amenable, always ready to talk about the dairy industry and give us an update on how things are going and what needs to be done. We'll hear what he thinks needs to be done as he exits the dairy industry and goes into retirement. I asked him if he's going to come back to Wisconsin. He said, no. He's out in Virginia. His family and kids are all out there, so he's probably going to stay out there. But he will be back in Wisconsin at different times. So we'll hear from Jim Mulhern here coming up. we got a busy morning and the day after Christmas. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And there's rain around Wisconsin this morning. Had my windshield wipers on on the way in. I would imagine you did, too. Uh, absolutely. It's actually getting kind of sickening. All right. Well, it's changing. We're going to get some sunshine, so hang in there. Today, again, an early early rain, and they're kind of breezy, too, and that's going to blow the rain out of here and cloudy for most of the day today. The high, 49. Temperature right now, 49. So what does that tell you? Things are going to change. It's going to start getting cooler. So, again, you're up here enjoying the shank of the day, baby. Glad to have you along. So 49 today, early rain, and moving out, but a little breezy. Tonight, 26. High tomorrow, 37, partly cloudy. We should see sun right on through New Year's with no problems getting around. I don't think we've got any uh, precipitation coming our way after this rain moves out. And temperatures are going to be Thursday and Friday, be 40, and then in the 30s, Saturday, Sunday, and for New Year's Day. But, uh, again, 32 and mostly sunny on New Year's Day. Normally, New Year's Eve is about 40 below zero, <laughs> but not not this year. We've got some uh, nice, nice weather coming for the end of December and the first day at least of the new year. We've got 49 degrees right now. Again, hope you had a great Christmas. Are you uh, past the parent stage of buying your kids underwear and socks for Christmas? I actually bought them all a pair of Carhartt socks. Did you really? And I didn't wrap those either. I just threw them at them when I they're in the room. And but they're so excited about getting the Carhartt socks because they're you know yeah they're they said <laughs> one of them said well I finally had to open up another package because what I, are you saving them for <laughs> yeah I don't know but I also know sometimes I see their feet when you come into my house I have carpeted all over yeah. so they have a tendency to slip off their boots I don't ask them that's just what they do yeah. And um, some of their socks they wear need to be thrown away. There you go. All right. Mom's always watching, so <laughs> that's a good thing. So, again, hopefully you got what you wanted for Christmas and got your kids what they wanted. Hey, it's about a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. How about some news? NBC News Radio. I'm Troy Thomas. California Secretary of State Shirley Weber is responding to the lieutenant governor's request to block former President Donald Trump from appearing on the state's ballot. In a letter, Weber reaffirmed her commitment to assess the options and follow the rule of law. Weber ensured that any action taken regarding any candidate's inclusion or omission from the ballot will abide by the laws of the state of California and the Constitution. Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny is apparently alive and well at a remote prison in Siberia. More from Mark Mayfield. 
In a post on X, a spokesperson for Navalny said his lawyer visited the jailed activist on Monday, two weeks after they lost contact with him. Navalny's disappearance sparked fears for his safety, coming just days after Russian President Vladimir Putin formally announced that he wouldn't run for re-election in 2024. Navalny is serving a nearly 20-year prison sentence after being convicted of extremist activities. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's office says it will pay for hotel rooms to temporarily house hundreds of migrants as more asylum seekers arrive in Chicago. More from Chris Caraggio. Those in hotels will be moved to a former CVS in Little Village when the shelter is completed next month. Funding for the hotels will come from the additional $160 million Governor Pritzker announced last month to help the ongoing migrant crisis after over 30,000 migrants arrived in Illinois. Holiday travelers are headed home and airports across the country are bracing for the expected crowds. But this holiday traveler at Denver International Airport says the hassle is worth it. You can't not be around family during the holidays. That's like the biggest part, for me at least. The flight tracking website FlightAware is reporting around 230 delays and just 30 cancellations as of last check. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, cooling off. Still awfully nice weather for the end of December. And as we kick off 2024, today will be the warm day. 49, but the warm day is right now. So if you want to get up and feel the hottest part of the day, do it right now. The shank of the day, baby. we got some rain out there. That's going to be ending. And it will be kind of a breezy, cloudy day. 49, 26 overnight. And then for Wednesday, at least through New Year's, sunshine partly to mostly sunny days. The uh, 30s, right around 40 on Thursday and Friday. New Year's Day should be about 32. So pretty nice weather to wrap her up. Right now it is warm in some places, having some rain. Rice Lake rain in 48. Medford, Wausau, Marshfield all at 46 with some off and on rains there. La Crosse, 41. Green Bay, the warm spot this morning at 50. Down in the southern part of the state, it's cooler than it is up this way. 41 is all they've got down in Madison and Sun Prairie. And Milwaukee's at 47. As we said, some uh, rain falling outside our back door. We're looking about 49 degrees. But again, probably cooler than that by now. It's cooling off as the day goes along. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, the markets were all closed for Christmas. They open at 8.30 this morning, and it'll be the same for the New Year's holiday weekend as they'll be open normally on December 29th. Closed New Year's Day. Trading opens again at 8.30 on January 2nd. And, of course, sale barns around the area were all closed yesterday, so... By way of review, how did the livestock numbers end last week, Jill? Choice fed beef steers and heifers are 160 to 173, with mixed steers and heifers 110 to 159. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 134 to 170. Choice fed Holstein steers are 145 to 154, with select and silent fed steers 115 to 144. Cows are 70 to 84, with a top of 124, and bulls are 88 to 111. Butcher hogs are 33 to 68. Sows are 32 to 35 with boars at 8 to 15. There's no quote on the market lambs, but feeder lambs are 75 to 265. Ewes are 125 and down. Small goats are 10 to $180. Medium goats are 10 to $265. 
Large goats are $150 to $380, and nanny goats are $115 to $270. And again, at the end of last week, here's how the trade went, or at the uh, last trade before Christmas, I should say. We had uh, live cattle mostly lower. February, 168.52 down 15. April, 172.12 up a nickel. And June at 170.12 up 25. And the feeder cattle and hogs were higher as the trade ended on Friday. January up a dollar five at 222.75. March feeder cattle up a dollar two at 224.40. April at 229.52 up a dollar seven. May at 233.95 up 97. And August? Two forty-seven sixty-two up a dollar sixty-seven, and the lean hog carcass contracts February seventy-one thirty-five that was up seventy cents. April hog seventy-seven fifty-seven up sixty-two. May at eighty-three ninety-five up forty, and June hogs at twenty-four ninety-two. Or excuse me, at ninety-two thirty, and uh, that was up forty cents. And the board of trade again will reopen at eight thirty this morning and uh, looking at. Those prices, they'll have their eye on South America and also the uh, Texas Railroad crossings, which did uh, reopen on Friday. But uh, going in, March corn at 473, the oats 359, wheat 616, March beans 1306, and meal at $391.10 on that March contract. Dairy markets, uh, not much to brag about. Barrel cheese was traded a quarter of a cent higher Friday, one thirty nine and a quarter. Blocks were down a half to a dollar thirty nine. Butter lost six cents at two fifty four. All the holiday baking evidently is done. December class three was up a penny six sixteen oh nine. January was down a penny at fifteen forty three. February up eight at fifteen sixty. March and April both unchanged. March sixteen twenty seven. April at seventeen twenty one. So that's where we are as far as. The market's, again, reopening today. But, again, same thing for New Year's. Closed uh, next Monday. Almost 10 minutes after 5 o'clock, we didn't get a chance to hear Dan Undersander and our alfalfa update yesterday. But we're going to do that next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. This week on our alfalfa update program brought to you by Next Grow Alfalfa, Dr. Dan Undersander is our guest, of course, our expert on the program. And, uh, Dan, I'll tell you, if anybody got uh, sleds or snow skis or a snowmobile for Christmas, they didn't get much use out of it. They haven't gotten much use out of it yet, but translating that into our farm fields, we don't have any snow out there. And are you nervous? It it is something to be thinking about, Bob. Uh, The big advantage of snow is it has tremendous insulating ability for the soil and the crop that is growing in the ground. Uh, this affects both alfalfa and wheat and even some of the grasses that we might grow in pastures. And so it is. It makes me a little bit nervous not to have the snow cover. Uh, a couple of things happen. Uh, as little as six inches of snow will insulate up to 24 degrees of air temperature into the crown of the alfalfa or, and or soil. And so we oftentimes see the air over winter get much, much colder than what the soil temperature is. And it's the soil temperature in the top four inches or in the vicinity of the crown of alfalfa that is the most important to us. So as, uh, as we think about not having snow cover, 
it does mean then that we're much more dependent on the average daily low temperature, if you will. That low temperature will cool down the soil much more, cool down the crown much more, and the uh, effect of that soil surface uh, to the air temperature is much greater than if we have a few inches of snow to cover the alfalfa. Uh, we have at Marshfield in a number of years had when we had good snow cover that we usually do there at least had uh, California types of alfalfa survive the winter. So uh, snow is just really crucial. We are, of course, in a warmer-than-average period. They're predicting warmer-than-average temperatures. But if we have a sudden cold snap without snow cover, it's going to be much more hurtful to all of our perennial crops than if we can get a little bit of snow before we have colder temperatures. So at this point, all we can do is uh, watch the weather forecast, hope that... uh, We don't have any particularly cold temperatures. Remember that uh, alfalfa can survive the winter fairly well, but once the temperature of the crown gets down to about 13 degrees, then that alfalfa plant may will certainly be injured and and may die. Uh, It is important to recognize that uh, oftentimes with snow cover, the soil temperature doesn't get below about 28 degrees, which, of course, the alfalfa and wheat and many of our perennial grasses can easily survive. We need snow in Wisconsin for a lot of reasons. Our forages is just one of those very important reasons. Once again, Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, with us on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And always good to talk to Dan. You were saying out in your fields... You're not frozen. Nope, I'm not frozen. I'm I'm mud now. Yeah. So again, yeah, if we don't get forty below zero or thirty below zero, and the frost goes down in an open winter, we we can handle it until we get some snow. But hopefully, we will get some snow. Almost a quarter after five on a Tuesday morning at well, I think it's two. It's today's Tuesday. Yeah. Today's Tuesday. Tuesday morning. <laughs> when you get a holiday, you get all messed up. But what's Tuesday morning? We'll take a look at some of our news. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 49 degrees, but cooling off. That's the high today. It's probably cooler than that right now. A little rain out there. That'll be ending as well. And a little breezy today. It's getting close to January. It's going to cool off. It's got to cool off sometime soon. Joe, what's going on? Speaking of weather, it did affect crops. Well, it absolutely did. In spite of that tough growing weather in many parts of our major growing areas of the country this year, we did see some record harvest mounts for both corn and soybeans. In Virginia, David Hula broke his own corn yield record this fall with yields of just under 624 bushels an acre. That broke his previous record of 619 bushels an acre that he set back in 2019. This year marks Hula's 12th national high yield victory and his fifth world corn yield record. When asked what he sees as the limit on corn production with current genetics, Hula said he believes 900 bushel an acre corn is possible. But he wasn't alone setting yield records this year. In Georgia, 
Alex Harrell set a new soybean yield record soybean yield record this fall. Harrell uh, harvested a bean plot that averaged 206.8 bushels an acre. The first time 200 bushel yields have been recorded in that contest. Those yields were also about 8% higher than the previous record set in 2019. Harrell says that some of the keys to his soybean production is spreading poultry litter on his fields just before planting. Boy, I could supply some of that. I've got a chicken house to clean out. There you go. That'll take about <laughs> an acre and a half, won't it? Well, I don't think so. I have to clean it by hand, so it's oh. not so fun. But record harvests were not the story for winter wheat production in Wisconsin this year. In fact, production was down about a half million bushels as state farmers planted about 20,000 fewer acres to winter wheat this year when compared to 2022. Dodge County grew the most winter wheat this year with a harvest of 1.52 million bushels on yields of 94 bushels an acre. Fond du Lac County came in second with 1.36 million bushels on yields of 85 bushels an acre. In our area, Marathon County farmers grew 183,000 bushels with Barron County at 140,000. Only three counties produced more than a million bushels of winter wheat this year. All righty, coming up, we're going to hear from Jim Mulhern, who is leaving as president and CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation after a long career in Washington. As we said earlier, started out with Herb Cole when Herb Cole was first elected senator in Wisconsin. So we'll uh, hear Jim's story as he leaves and his thoughts on the dairy industry, past president, and going forward. 18 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 45 years is a long time to serve in any industry. Just ask Bosold. Jim Mulhern is someone that has served for 45 years in the dairy industry. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. He's served as president and CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation, and at the end of calendar year 2023, he's done. I had a chance to visit with the Wisconsin native and find out a little bit more about the reflections he's got on a 45-year career and whether he sees the dairy industry going in 2024 and beyond. But first, we start with his Wisconsin roots. Well, you hit it right on the head, Pam. I gave him humble beginnings, and I've tried to remain humble to those roots uh, throughout my entire career. Uh, and looking back on this now, um, 40 years uh, in Washington, most of that working in and around the dairy industry, either on Capitol Hill, which I first went out there for to be a legislative assistant uh-huh. to uh, Congressman Kastenmeier back in 1983, oh, mm-hmm. uh, doing ag policy there to going to the National Milk Producers Federation in the mid-80s to work on uh, uh, the farm bill at that point. And so I had a ringside seat working on that whole herd buyout, which is one of the seminal policies and programs in in dairy policy. And every major dairy policy um, effort over the last 40 years, I've had a I've had a chance to be part of. Much of it's been pretty positive. Um, this is a tough industry, lots of issues, lots of challenges. So we never solve all of them, but it's been fun to be part of um, each and every one of those that I've been able to be involved in. And for me, it was, you know, growing up here, uh, just north of Madison in Portage. Um, I didn't actually did not grow up on a dairy farm, but 
all my friends were were on dairy farms, so I spent all my weekends. My grandpa was a farmer, so I spent a lot of time on the farm. Uh, went to school here in Madison at the University of Wisconsin, a degree in ag journalism, mm-hmm. and my first job was at a dairy co-op um, right here in, in Madison. So I learned it from the, the grassroots um, and then took that to Washington um, and really tried never to lose sight of where I came from. And I'm really pleased looking back on my career that I can say, yep, I knew who I was, I knew where I came from, and I've always remained true to those roots. Everything I tried to do didn't get everything done. You, you never do in life, but I can reflect back on this career and uh, be really pleased as I am with uh, the, the issues I've been able to work on, the difference I've tried to make. The dairy industry has changed tremendously in those 40 years, Jim. Share your insights, your reflections, like you said, going from crafting a farm bill and trying to address agriculture at that stage, and now here you are getting ready to exit when we're working on another farm bill with a whole different set of uh, producers out there, really. Tell me a little bit about some of the things you think of as milestones in agriculture and dairying specifically. Yeah, and a lot of that, Pam, is uh, you look at the change that's occurred, and um, some of it's good, some of it is bad. But the reality of life is the change just happens. Oh, yeah. You know, nothing, nothing stands still. So we have a lot fewer farms today than we did when I started, um, a lot fewer, uh, both here in Wisconsin and across the country. Um, we have... Um, a lot larger farms, uh, for the most part, mm-hmm. across the country. Uh, but we produce more milk than we ever have. And um, in many ways, the industry is uh, is incredibly strong. And I think the future for the dairy industry is extremely bullish. Uh, but the industry has changed. A lot fewer families I- involved in it today. It's still a family farm-based um, enterprise, but those families are larger and, and fewer. Uh, the animal genetics are better than ever, you know, productivity of this industry is incredible that's never changed and you think about it really when you have such productivity and the scale that you need to get to um, it's inevitable that you're going to have the kind of changes that we've seen again some are good some are bad you 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 know you hate to see people exit the industry but the people a lot of people have exited have done so to do other things uh, so it's a different industry today i think it's it's frankly, a stronger industry today as well. Why are you bullish? You exit this position, like I said, where there's some chaos as far as federal policy is concerned in general. Why are you bullish about dairy? This is a great industry, uh, and part of it goes to the productive capacity that it just talked about. Um, and I look, when I came into the dairy industry, we were producing, I think, about 140 billion pounds of milk annually. Um, today, we're at 230 billion pounds of milk annually. Um, Cow numbers are about the same as they were. You know, 9.2, 9.4 million cows, dairy cows in the national herd. That's not much different than it was, you know, that's been Mm -hmm. over that course of time. But the productivity of the cows has increased dramatically. Um, What makes me most bullish is what I see going on in the world. Um, U.S. market is always going to be the bedrock for the U.S. dairy industry. But we produce a lot more milk in this country than we can consume here. We just we can't consume all the milk that we can produce, and we're going to keep growing. Those numbers I talked about—that growth from 142 to 230 billion pounds now—we'll be at 250 billion pounds uh, within the next 10 years. And the good thing is, the world has high demand for protein. 
we're producing a great product that the world needs. And as people in Asia and Africa, where the real growth in population is occurring in the world, as people not only increase in population, but the middle class is growing in those areas. When you get into the middle class, you have more money to spend. What you want is to increase your your protein consumption. So that puts us in a great position. And I look at our competitors in the world. U.S. dairy is number three in the world in terms of the amount of product we put on the world market. The European Union is number one. New Zealand is number two. Um, We're quickly catching up to New Zealand, which is New Zealand is now at peak milk. They will not increase production. And I think the EU could be close to peak milk as well. Um, We're not at peak milk. We're going to keep growing. So those markets are going to be there. Demand is going to be there. We just need to get trade policy right so we have better access to more markets. Jim Mulhern along with us, getting ready to retire from his position as CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation. You know, we talk about how the industry has changed. Your job has changed, too, within National Milk. We were talking about, you know, the way it was before, where you closed your office door and you could get away. Today, technology does not afford that. Explain a little bit why you decided now, even though we've got a farm bill coming, and there's always something. Jim, why did you decide now? Well... You know, Pam, actually, it was a tough decision. Um, I love my job. I love the work I've been able to do for this industry. I love the people. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, the people uh, that I've worked for in dairy. And I've had a chance in my career in Washington to work with a lot of different groups, both in agriculture and outside agriculture. And I've kept coming back to dairy because because of the people. It starts with the producers, the farmers. Um, just wonderful support I've always had from the producer community. Uh, it, it's my roots. It's where I come from here in rural Wisconsin. And um, and then the staff. I've had an incredible staff at National Milk, hardworking people, many of them who grew up on dairy farms yeah. and want to do dairy policy. It's a great bunch of people, and that's what's kept me going. Um, and I like a good fight. Um, I love to take on challenges, and I've taken on a lot of them in my career. Uh, but I also realize that there is there is more to life than working. And I will say in this job, it's, it never ends. It's a seven-day-a-week job. Um, I'm hearing from producers all the time. Um, and we've got a lot of issues to work on. And I realized that, uh, my, you know, kids talking to me as well, realized that um, Act 3 in life has to start at some point, and you never know how long you have. I'm healthy. I've got a lot of interest that I've kind of, you know, put in the back burner for a while i'm ready to to start getting into that stuff so it's hard to leave the fight hard to leave the ring (laughs) uh, but it's it's good to know that there i'm I'm looking forward to the future there he is that's jim mulhern a really good guy and a guy that uh not afraid to talk about the issues when you call him up as he said uh, a lot of challenges still ahead Uh, the latest one of course as he leaves i'm sure he's shaking his head about the whole milk for healthy kids bill at the did not make it through the Senate, unfortunately, but uh, someone will carry on that flight. Greg Dowd taking over for uh, for Jim at National Milk, and uh, Jim uh, leaving the organization in good hands. Greg was there for a while in many areas of agriculture he's been involved in, and when we talked to him at Expo, too, and you heard that conversation, he's excited and ready to take over. 529. 49 degrees. I'll bet that'll change. We talk to Mike Dandry here in a few minutes. But we got to talk to Rocky. They didn't have a sale yesterday, but they're back open. We'll get the update as we start a new marketing week, a short marketing week. But we'll hear what Rocky's got to say. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
Well, markets reopening today. That includes Premier Livestock over in Withy. Rocky joins us. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning, Bob. Well, you had, uh, everybody have a good Christmas? Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, had a great time, great, great folks, and uh, yep, very blessed and glad to be here. Yeah, that's so. right. Well, did you? Did uh, all the kids go out? It was nice enough weather. You go out in target practice with all the new rifles and bows and arrows. You must have got them. <laughs> uh, no, it's too wet. Oh well, yeah, that's Hardly right. Quit raining. Yeah, we got some moisture. It's still raining out. The rain still raining in Lublin this morning. Did you look out? Yeah. All right. Yes, it is. Yep. All right. Well, it'll give way to better weather. Ooh, the sun's going to start shining tomorrow, right through uh, New Year's. That'll be a good thing. But uh, we need yep. moisture as well. Hey, what uh, what do we do now? We didn't have a sale yesterday, so where are we at today and going the rest of the week? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This uh, last week's market shaped up here at Prepare Livestock. We sold right at twenty nine hundred head. Uh, fed cattle traded steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers one forty to one fifty five. Select and low choice one thirty to one thirty nine. Choice beef steers and heifers up to a dollar sixty eight. Marketed cows steady. High yielding cows from eighty two to a dollar twelve. Many cows from 65 to 81. Organic market cows sold every Monday and Tuesday. Matter of fact, we'll be selling market cows today. Those high-yielding cows from 130 to 154, low-yielding 119 and down. Uh, market bulls high-yielding conventional from 90 to $1.12. Newborn Holstein bull calves sold steady, mostly from uh, Holstein bull calves from 200 to 440. Your beef cross calves from 300 to 660. Holstein heifer calves 100 and down. Today, Tuesday, we will start the auction off with the feeder cattle portion. Do not expect a big feeder cattle sale today. Uh, we will start at 10 o'clock a.m. We'll immediately go to calves right after feeder cattle. So make sure you got your calves in the first run. Uh, basically, today will be uh, Tuesday will be a normal Monday-like type schedule. Uh, all the regular calf buyers will be in. Uh, we'll have our hay auction uh Tomorrow, Wednesday, that'll be at uh, 9.30, dairy cattle auction at 11. Very, very big dairy cattle auction between the holidays here. Uh, we'll have our combo uh, regular dairy cattle auction Wednesday and with our special monthly dairy heifer auction as well. We'll start the auction off with the milk cows. Uh, we do have a fantastic selection of Holstein Parlor Freestall cows, many from our very best consigners. Uh, then we'll move on to our special monthly dairy heifer auction. We'll start with the bread heifers, springing heifers, shortbreads, midbreads, and then we'll go to our open heifers. Very nice selection of heifers tomorrow as well. Full list of early consignments at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, give us a call at Premier. 715-229-2500, and that's how things are going to be shaping up, Bob. And next week, it's uh, the same story. New Year's closed? Sa- same deal. Same deal. We'll do feeder cattle at 10 and uh, move on to the calves. And, yeah, it's uh, always a little tough when you have uh, two Mondays in a row closed, but uh, we'll make her through. So what's the deal next Monday? Are you going to have it open at all to bring in cattle on New Year's yes. Day? Yes, yes, we are, and the hours will be posted on our website, but we will be receiving cattle next Monday. All right, we'll get an update on those times. You've established the times yet when you're going to – these guys going to be still hungover, or are they going to be okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure we got a couple sober guys around. So. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, Rocky, talk to you in the morning. You have a great day. All Thank right, you. there he goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in Withy. 
Well, we've got 26 minutes before 6 o'clock. It's the day after Christmas, and hopefully everything is well. Let's get over to 13 First Alert Weather. Mike Dander is with us. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. I get to talk to the icon today. Well, yeah, you sure can. Did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? <laughs> I did. I felt like I had a uh, lumberjack sort of Christmas because I got a couple new flannels, and I got this really nice splitting mall that I had my eyes on. My brother-in-law had it. And uh, I was like, oh, I want one of those so bad. So the wife gets me one. And yeah, I might as well have made pancakes yesterday morning for Paul Bunyan. You I was going to say, so you're going to be out splitting wood now? You burning wood at home? Well, I mean, I, I like bonfires. I like to throw the logs in there. But, you know, I think with the way the weather's been, you could have some bonfires outside. Not too often do you get to say that for the last week of December, huh? But I guess not. But I hope they had to. <laughs> Hope they had the wood pile covered. If they didn't, they got some wet wood out there. Yeah, thankfully we had ours covered. But, yeah, I mean, we had the rain all throughout uh, the holiday weekend. We have some carrying on into this morning as temperatures stay mild. However, the rain going to start to taper off around the mid-morning hours, and we've already started to see more scattered showers. But temperatures are going to be falling to about the mid-30s by the mid- middle of the afternoon with a light breeze out of the south. Now, later tonight, things will cool off a little bit more than we've seen over the last few mornings, mostly mid to upper 20s as cloud cover hangs around. Could have some patchy fog developing again. Now, for tomorrow, do have a chance at a few snow showers later tomorrow night as cloud cover going to dominate, but as far as accumulations are concerned, likely going to amount to little, if anything. And then for Thursday, things dry out. Temperatures mostly around the 40-degree mark. That'll be the case for Friday as well as we see the return of sunshine. But then we have another short wave moving through that'll help cool things off going into the holiday weekend. Again, as temperatures mostly in the mid-30s for Saturday, low 30s for Sunday, and for New Year's Day itself. But right now we have a few showers, some fog, and a temperature of 49 degrees in Eau Claire right now. And that's how things are going to be shaping up, Bob. So when's it going to start cooling off? I was speculating that it probably already dropped off of 49 already as the day goes along. Well, right now it's still 49, but it should start to cool off pretty quickly later on this morning. It feels a little counterintuitive to say this, but we have a cold front that's advancing from the south, and we'll see that continue to come into play throughout the morning. And no travel problems for a New Year's weekend either. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Ah, that's good. All right, well, go out and chop some wood. Go (laughs) chop that fence down around the patio over there. (laughs) I might have to. (laughs) See you later. You have a great day. Thank you. There he goes. Mike Dandry over there. 13 first alert weather. First alert weather. Again, we're holding at 49 degrees. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, let's catch up with what's going on in the newsroom this morning. And that means Morgan McCarthy is going to tell us all that's going on. Morgan, good morning. What's happening? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Coming out of our holiday weekend, we plug into a new week that begins with a western Wisconsin woman looking at attempted homicide charges. This was after police say they found her boyfriend covered in blood in the shower. Police in Lake Halley say they got a call on Christmas Eve and they found a man who had been stabbed in the eye and beaten with a baseball bat. Officers arresting his girlfriend, 55-year-old Laura Fila. He was rushed to the hospital in critical but stable condition. More information in that direct press release from authorities online. You can find that at 715newsroom.com. It's prison time for a former Metropolis Resort employee on child pornography charges. A judge 
recently sentencing Brent Nicolay to three years in prison after investigators found nearly 1,200 child pornography images on his computer and also images that he took at a local shopping center and some of a co-worker. After a prison stint, he'll spend three years on probation and then must register as a sex offender. While taking a road trip to the Capitol, it'll be back to work and a proposal at the state Capitol would ban anyone 75 years or older from becoming a state judge or state Supreme Court justice. Senate Bill 569 would apply both to judges running for election as well as judicial appointments. A companion bill already passed in the Wisconsin State Assembly, though the law would not affect federal judges. While we're hanging out at the Capitol, what about medical marijuana? We'll look a little bit closer about a bill that would allow that here in Wisconsin. It's going to be ready soon for a vote in the State Assembly. But from Speaker Robin Voss, we get this. We have a bill that we'll introduce in January on medical marijuana. Our caucus has spent a lot of time reaching a consensus among itself to make sure that we knew we had 50 Republican votes to be able to pass it because, unfortunately, my Democratic colleagues have said if we don't go full recreational marijuana, they're not interested. There is also Republican support for medical marijuana in the state Senate. Democratic Governor Tony Evers has also called for full legalization of cannabis. Voss said, though, that won't happen as long as Republicans are in charge. And the stockings were hung by the chimney with care. Hopefully you had a great holiday. And now that presents have been opened, what's the next best thing to do? Hey, Santa! Thank you. Somehow through the years, we fell out of the habit of sending thank you notes. Etiquette School of America says only 27% of us actually do it on a regular basis. They say it's important to show the person who gifted you an acknowledgement of their act of kindness and generosity. Psychology Today says they elevate friendships, self-esteem, and overall psychological health. And they're not complicated. A simple, I appreciate you will do. And a stamp. That's right. No email. I'm Bree Tennis. And how about we throw a nice thank you to the cows for the milk and everything else they're doing to our farmers for the chores that have to get done no matter what the calendar says. And those chores wait for us back in the barn. With Bob Bolsel, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax. 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah, the old thank you note doesn't happen so much anymore. And I know, uh, you know, for everyday things, I know it doesn't happen a lot. But even now, Jill, even now, kids get married and you give them a gift... You never hear from them. They don't send thank yous anymore. Well, I've seen that. I've seen some of them that have come, come six months after the event. Yeah. But I still appreciate it because they oh, still get does. through the motions to yep. get the job done. Yep, yep, that's for sure. So, again, uh, a thank you. I always tell people a thank you. Hello and a thank you are never wrong when you're dealing with people. That's for sure. All right, we've got about 18, almost 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. Jerry is back. Jerry Clark had a good Christmas. I think we're going to find out. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 49 degrees, but temperatures will be falling. Jerry Clark, Chippewa, Don, O'Clair County Crops and Soil Agent is up and at him and belated Merry Christmas, Jerry. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Bob. And you had a good one? Yeah, we had everybody in uh, Christmas Eve's usually the Clark household. Yep. So I think uh, everybody was there, and we had three new additions. Cause oh, had, no kidding. Who had, had babies? Well, we had Lindy, our daughter, had a baby girl in September. Okay. Our son Lance and Ashley, they had a baby boy so in So you, you and Tom and Judy are getting to be grandparents rather than talk about your own That's kids. That's right. Yeah, we're up to five already. Oh, and you've got five grandchildren? Five grandchildren already. Wow. Yep. So who else had babies in the Clark well, family? Uh, well, we just had those two. Okay. And then the new addition is uh, Judy's son, Clark, had a girlfriend with him. Oh. So, 
Okay. That was the addition. All so. right. So did uh, she's pass inspection? <laughs> Everybody's checking out, you know. Yeah, that's all very, very nice lady. Who's yeah. that new girl in the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> well, good deal. Yep. Uh, that was, that's was, a good thing. It was great. Yeah. I think everybody was there. So, oh, well, everybody good. lives pretty close by, yeah. Yeah, the that's right. Is Milwaukee, so. Yeah, you can't get out of the neighborhood. You get out of that Tilden neighborhood, you got to have a <laughs> passport to get back in. My that's wife's from Jim Falls, so well, I had to go a little she further. she really had to go through all of <laughs> And there you get through that crowd. <laughs> well, what do you think here? We got a little rain out there. We got no snow. We got really no frost. I'm mm-hmm. talking to some guys at uh, bowling last week, and man, they're upset about ice fishing. Yeah, yeah. There's still, I know some are talking, they get in some of these backwaters and they find a little ice here and there, but uh, yeah, we Very yeah, little ice here very and there. Very little, yeah. So be careful out there. Seriously, I wish we did have ice for ice fishing. I wish we had snow for snowmobiling, but we don't, so we've got to live with what we've got. Right. Well, things coming up here. Now, one thing, uh, we're going to talk about a couple things, but again, Ag Lenders Conference, that's next week. Yeah, that's uh, January 4th, coming up pretty quick already. So um, got a nice program set up for that uh, here in Altoona, and it's going to be uh, starting around 930 uh, with register or nine o'clock registration, mm-hmm. nine thirty program. But we got um, Marin Bozik uh, from University of Minnesota coming over to talk about a couple of grain marketing, or excuse me, dairy marketing topics and policy and, and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then um, we also have uh, an interesting discussion. It's going to be uh, Brian Luck from uh, our UW Madison Biological Systems Engineer talking about precision agriculture. And they've done some of the work uh, on the ec- economics of that uh, paying off and what what kind of technology to invest in that probably returns a little quicker than maybe some of the others and that's what the uh, ag lenders want to know and guys come in and say i want to buy this well yeah. you know buy this or buy that because they've got to have it for the farm so that's always a good meeting egg uh, ag lenders conference so if you're looking for your ag lender on the fourth of january you probably won't be in the bank or the credit union or wherever you deal with them <laughs> because they're going to be at that meeting it's always a good crowd mm-hmm. and also something that uh i don't know what the changes in what we've seen in extension through the years the private pesticide management program kind of changed a little bit give us an update on where we're at and the local in yeah. service or face-to-face or zoom whatever. yeah there's all kinds of options so um most of the trainings will start the, uh, so the pesticide applicator training program is for private and commercial applicators the extension offices primarily work with the private applicator so that's the individual farmer uh that applies on their own or rented land um so the, the pesticide program used to be just come in, buy a manual, we'll sign you up for a training. Now everything's kind of needs to be bought online and through the UW-Madison uh, pesticide store, training store. So uh, if farmers, applicators need to be renewed or if they're interested in it, um, there's the online store. It's called the PAT store, patstore.wisc.edu. Go on there. You need to buy your manual online. They'll ship it to you. But there's mm-hmm. also, if you want to take the training, um, we have five of those located across Western or with Chippewa Dunn in Eau Claire County. So that'll start at the end of the month. Um, got one in Augusta, a couple in Menominee and, and one in Stanley and one in Bloomer. So those will be the most local oh, ones, uh, here. Uh, um, they have to go online to sign up for that or can yeah. they get a hold of you? Well, they can get a hold of us they, to help them with that, but that's but they, also part of the registration process. They, they still got to yep. get registered and get their materials through the online through courses. Online, yep. If you need a hard copy of mailing in that application, we have those too, and we've kind of sprinkled those around the, the area too, okay. different places. But um, yeah, if you you need to get that manual through the uh, 
through Madison. That right. doesn't come through the local office anymore. And then you could sign up for a, a local training, and then we'll offer that test that day. You can take a online training. So you need to print the little certificate off, bring that in to take your test. Because And then there is an online test. There's an additional $45 fee to take the online test. 45 bucks. Yep, just because there's a private company that does that online testing. Extension doesn't do the online testing. So you hmm. either have to come to a training state session, take the training and the test that same day. Yep. Or go online, take the training, and then come into one of the extension offices to take the test. So all right. it's not as cut and dried as it used to be, but no, we can get everybody through. So if you want to take it individually, on demand type of thing, that's free. You can sign up yep. for that. You still need to register for that. But so. the training basically is pretty much the same. The same. Yep. Just the procedure to Procedures, get there. Yes. Still right. five-year certification. Yep. And All of that's the same. I think the only thing that's really changed over the years is, and it's been a while, was you could be 16 to get that reg- yep. certification. Now it's 18. Oh, so you got to be 18. you got to be 18 to take it. Yep. All right. What else we got coming up in January? Well, we're looking at... Um, planning a couple of uh, agronomy update meetings, probably not in January, but early February. Okay. So there'll be one in Osseo and Baldwin that we'll be working, yep. uh, Rodrigo Worley, working on getting him up here. Oh, he's Just always good to get up here. Talk about some of that yep. weed management issues that seem like everybody struggled with last year. And so uh, that's that's one that's coming up. And then we have this Farm Pulse grain marketing program that Steve and I will also be offering. And that's uh, we can get you more information on that, but that'll crank up. Late January will be our first uh, in-person. It's kind of that hybrid course again where you could do some virtual work mm-hmm. and then come in person and uh, we'll talk about grain marketing. You ever talk to Bill Halfman up there in Bloomer who's head of the beef yeah. program around? We, What's he got coming up? I haven't talked to him. He didn't send me anything. I get a hold of him. Yeah, they've got, um, don't work in the beef world as much. No, but I, know I, I know they've got uh, a couple of programs coming up on the, um, uh, more on the, the feeding side of it, the crossbed. Yep. Crossbred program with uh, okay. dairy cattle. So Bill's got, I know, a couple of those up. I wouldn't have any, I get information to you as soon as I can, or I'll All get right. Bill to get in t- yeah, touch I'll with Tell you. Bill to get in touch. Yeah. I should get a hold of him anyway. So again, lots of things going on. We turn the calendar page 2024. Are you ready? Uh, not really. No, <laughs> it seems I don't like blame it's you. coming pretty fast. It certainly is. Hey, thanks, Jerry. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Appreciate and it. And Happy New Year. Yep, same to you. All right, Jerry Clark, Chippewa Dunno, Clark County Crops and Soils agent. We'll get to some markets. As we said, the sale barns were closed yesterday, but uh, Jerry Fitzgerald's going to join us next. Tell us what's going on over at Stratford here the rest of the week. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's back to work for Jerry Fitzgerald, all the gang at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Good morning, Jerry. I take it your Christmas was successful? Well, good morning to you, Bob. You bet. Very, very nice day yesterday. And, uh, well, you know, everybody had to kind of stay inside, but there's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, you know, you got to, everything is in perspective because if you remember a, a year ago, the Christmas was what? What what did it get to be? Minus three for high or something like that? Something like that. And, uh, yeah, we like this a whole lot better, but uh, it's going to cool off a little bit, but still. Not bad at all. Well, we were closed yesterday. Take us through what's happened the rest of the week and into New Year's next week. I'll do that, Bob. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. And, uh, well, we'll get uh, get going here this morning at Equity Stratford. In fact, the, uh, the barn will be open up here in about 9 minutes, 6 o'clock. Someone will be there. If you folks want to start bringing your livestock in early, we encourage you folks to do that, anticipating a large sale today. And as far as the sale goes, we'll get started at 10 o'clock here with the uh, uh, hay and bedding auction. As part of that hay auction today, we do have a consignment of large square bales of second crop, uh, uh, kind of a grassy mix hay, but 
so if you folks are looking for that, that'll be at 10 o'clock, and we're also the market auction will start right at 10 o'clock also. We will start with uh, market cows today, and uh, those will be the conventional cows at 11 o'clock, as we do every Tuesday. We will be selling organic cattle, so uh, you folks that have organics, no change in that schedule. That'll be happening today at 11 o'clock. And then after the organic cattle, we will be selling baby calves and anticipate a lot of calves today. So anyway, and, uh, we'll sell those calves. We'll finish up this afternoon with the rest of the market cattle. So that's going to kind of be the schedule today at a busy Tuesday. Tomorrow our auction will start at 10 o'clock. Uh, full marketing day tomorrow, including the market cattle. Our fed cattle also tomorrow. Sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. Feeder cattle sale will be tomorrow at 12.30. And our auction on Thursday will start at 11 with market cattle and baby calves. So basically... Uh, just kind of cramming uh, four days into three days, and that's uh, going to be the same schedule as next week. So January 1st, we will be closed, and uh, again, the same schedule for next week as we have this week. Also next week, I do want to mention this morning, uh, 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 next now, this is next uh, Wednesday, January 3rd here at Stratford, special feeder cattle sale, bread beef cow sale. We have a complete herd dispersal, Charley, Charley crossbred beef cows, uh, a lot of crossbreds in there, Herefords, uh, black cows, and again, uh, information on our website, so that'll be a complete herd dispersal. That will be next week. So, Bob, that's the way things are going to be shaping up here this week at Stratford. Uh, and again, shouldn't have any um, issues with weather today. I don't. Um, I didn't hear of anything big, heavy rain. Did you? Or? No, it's leaving us. It's uh, as the morning goes along, it's leaving a little breeze, but that's about it. So now. New Year's Day, is there going to be someone at the barn that's going to take cattle for Tuesday, or is that going to be closed until Tuesday morning? I'll have to check on that. I'll right. have that information for you, uh, and we'll check on that. And also, Bob, if you get really bored today, which I know you never are, but uh, there's one of these, uh, three, four of these, uh, oh, my goodness, these bowl games they got. I mean, where do they come up with all these? <laughs> yeah, I know. it. There's always uh, always football this time of the year, that's for sure. Uh, I think Minnesota plays today. I believe. I'm not sure, but uh, but uh, anyway, we'll find yeah, that out. Yeah, Minnesota is at one o'clock. I think it All is. All right. Well, that'll be worth watching too. Hey, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. You betcha, Bob. We'll be here. We'll give an update on how things are uh, selling today. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Barn. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, the folks at Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland bringing us the markets. And again, the Board of Trade will open at 8.30 this morning. The traders will have their eye on South American weather and those Texas railroad crossings that were supposed to be reopening, and hopefully they did. But uh, when the trade starts, corn is at 470. These are March contracts. Corn's at 473. The oats, 359. Wheat, 616. Beans at 1306. And uh, soybean meal, 391.10. Country elevator prices today, Jill. Corn in Arcadia is at 408 with soybeans at 1226. And in Loyal, corn's at 398 with soybeans at 1216. And corn in Chippewa Falls and Connersville is at three ninety eight with soybeans at twelve twenty nine. And on the DTN screen, corn at Golden Plum today is four twenty three at the elevators at Baldwin and Elmwood, four oh three on the corn, twelve fifteen on the soybeans. Durant has corn at three ninety eight, beans twelve oh five, Mondovi's corn is three ninety eight, their beans at twelve ten. Fall Creek three ninety three on the corn twelve oh five on the soybeans Osseo four oh eight and twelve fifteen Elk Mound four oh three beans at twelve twenty five 
Sparta, corn 407, beans 1201, and Ellsworth 388 on the corn 1210 on the soybeans. Ethanol plants today, Boysville corn 420, Stanley 418, the New Richmond Grain Facility 413. Barrel cheese on Friday, a quarter of a cent higher at 139 and a quarter of the blocks down a half at 139, butter down six. 254. December class three up one sixteen oh nine. January down one fifteen forty three. February up eight at fifteen sixty. March unchanged sixteen twenty seven. April unchanged seventeen twenty one. And again, if any rain around the area be blowing out as the day goes along today from south to north. Kind of a breezy day and a cloudy day. High, well, we're probably at it right now, 49. And then the rest of the week through New Year's, partly cloudy to mostly sunny. Shouldn't be too bad with temperatures mostly in the 30s. But again, right now, it's well into the 40s. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.